Nehemiah 8 and 5, and when he opened the book, all the people stood up. Our morning biblical scripture shall be read from the psalm, the 42nd number of the psalm, verses 1 through 3, and then verse 5. It reads, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? That fifth verse. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. My brothers and sisters, if we want to label this subject, this message this morning, just simply label it on this Father's Day, Fathers, Eric Garner, George Floyd, and Rashad Brooks asks, where in the world is thy God? Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Where in the world is thy God? My brothers and sisters, the first linguistic language hidden within the lexicon of human movement is when Genesis one and three noted a divine availability and divine presence of an eternal God that said, uh, let there be light. And uh, the B part of that fourth verse says, and God saw the light that it was good. And the supreme assertion and affirmation of eternal life and eternal living is found in the creation at the first mention of Jehovah God. When the first voice broke the sound barrier of absolute silence, uh, we first hear that it was the voice of God. The first creative acts of humankind was effectuated five days into the creation that God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Then we say, if all of this is God, then where in the world is thy God? But in order to uh, look for God, we have to look at man. That is God's six-day declaration of let us make man. If we look at man, we realize that man is standing in the empty space of the abyss of nothingness and can testify that man's first glimpse was a glimpse of God. Man's first consciousness was the consciousness of God. Man's first partner was partnering with God. Man's first step was a step with God. Man's 
for stroll in the Garden of Eden, a garden called Eden, was made with God. Man's first words were taught by to him by God. Man's first conversation was held with God. Man's first delight was a delight in the fellowship with God. Man's first truth was the truth of God. Man's first law was the law of God. Man's first interest was an interest in God. Man's first counsel was a counsel of God. Man's first pleasure was the pleasure of having God in his presence. Man's first joy was the joy of the Lord. Man's first glance upward was into the eyes of God. Man's first privileges were granted to him by God. Man's first task was assigned to him by God. Man's first sign of existence was endowed by God. Man's first thought was a thought about somebody bigger than us and that which is God. All of all, all that man knows, he knows because he and we are intellectually connected and endowed by God. And, and my brothers and sisters, in this push button and jet propelled age, in this age of Android phones, in this uh, iPhone age, in this age of scientific know-how, in this age of uh, uh, educational advancements, and in this age of unequal educational uh, 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 advantages, in this age that we call modern, in this age that we call jet propel, some of us believe that God, that is, the God of our fathers, has gone out of business. The God we talk about, the God we pray about, the God we say about, the God we trust in, and the God we worship, we say, well, he's just not around anymore because look at everything that's happening. And today, some of us might be asking, where in the world is God? Has God politely excused himself in the midst of this pandemic? Has God politely excused himself in the midst of Black Lives Matter? Has, uh, has God politely excused himself for a little while? And others of us are feeling that we are living and we are just wor a working part of nature after we experience all of this and that God is not really round anymore. But today, my brothers and sisters, more than ever before in our history, in the history of the world, we are walking around bewildered, perplexed, mixed up, tied up, tattered, and tangled up. Crime, shooting, murder, suicide in the streets, and some of us are saying, well, in the world is God. And with the tragedies of Eric Garner, George Floyd and Rashad Brooks that we are now living in a day of uh, distrust of civil authority and abuse of lawful authority and we have loosened our grip on God and we are wondering where in the world is God? And then unearthing the validity of God there are then three, as we look at our Bibles, there are three fundamental and Bible-believing reasons why we're wondering where is and where in the world is God. Well, the first Bible-believing reason is that, uh, that uh, <clears throat> there are many of us today that are thirsty. Look at your Bibles. Thirsty. Well, thirsty. 
My Bible says, in that verse it says, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. The, the first verse of uh, the 42nd number of the Psalm in the Bible says, the heart, that is H-A-R-T, the heart, which is a deer. And when a deer, you know, gets thirsty, he starts looking for a waterfall or a water brook. So just like the deer, we are looking. Why are we looking? Because we are thirsty. We are looking for a water brook or a waterfall. Today we are thirsty. Well, well let me just simply say it like this. The reason for so much unrest, the reason for, for so much suicide, the reason for so much killing, the reason for so much turmoil, the reason for so much despondency, the reason for so much distrust, the reason for so much bitterness, the reason for so much grief and sorrow, the reason for so much hatred among men and women and among nations is because we have done some God switching. Everything getting quiet right now. Everything getting quiet. Let me say, the reason why so much, I just want to say it again, the reason why so much hatred among men and women and among nature's, nations is because we have done some God switching. Well, we have switched God for gold. We have switched grace for greenback. We have switched homes for houses. We have switched precious time for good times. We have switched soul sense for nonsense. We have switched wholesome instructions for trash talk. We have switched chastity for riotous living. We have switched churches for taverns. We have switched prayer partners for COVID-19 parties. We have switched God's truth for Satan's lies, all because we are thirsty. And it seems that some of us are wondering where in the world is God? Yes, black lives matter. All lives matter. But as I stand here, I'm going to say, but God matters. And we say, I can't breathe. We are thirsty. I can't racism. I can't breathe. Black on black crime. I can't breathe. Poverty. I can't breathe. Police brutality. I can't breathe. Well, let me tell you like this. No prayer in schools. I can't breathe. Low church attendance. I can't breathe. Uh, can't pray. I can't breathe. Murder in the streets. I can't breathe. Can't lift up my Bible anymore. I can't breathe. Less respect for the church. I can't breathe. And you're blaming it all on the preacher. I can't breathe. No love and no respect. I can't breathe. I'm thirsty. That's why I can't breathe. I'm thirsty. And then the second Bible-believing reason is that there are some of us that are losing hope. Go down to that verse 5. He said, why are thou, and that's David talking now, why are thou cast down, oh, my soul, and why are thou disquieted in me? But he doesn't stop there. He says, hope is on the way. Hope in, in God. Some of us today are living by the axiom, if you see something, say something. Some of us are simply saying, where is God because we can't see him? But uh, I, I come to tell you, there is hope. The hope that says, when you can't see him, uh, you ought to continue looking for him because there's hope. Let me tell you like this. 
Hope says you can't see sound, but you keep on listening. Hope says you can't hear, uh, you can't get air, but you keep on breathing. Hope says I can't see my own strength, but I keep on moving. Hope says I, I, I can't see sight, the sight in, 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 your, in my eyes, but you keep on looking. Hope says I can't uh, see the taste in, in, in my tongue, but you keep on eating. Hope says uh, you can't see God, but you keep on living. One day, one day there was a discussion uh, between an atheist physician and a young Christian doctor young Christian father, excuse me. Uh, the Christian father was in the doctor's office and the physician started reading the Christian father's uh, patient medical record. And as he reads, the father stated that he was a Christian and that he belonged to a Christian church. Well, the physician simply said, and he was an atheist physician, he simply said, I see that you belong to a Christian church. Well, well, my brother, uh, the physician said, let me ask you this question. Is God real? Uh, the father said, well, yes. The physician said, well, have you ever seen God? The father said, well, no. The physician said, have you ever heard God? The father said, no. The physician said, have you ever smelled him? The father said, no. The physician said, that ought to tell you that God is not real. So uh, the physician, thinking that he proved his point and he won a victory, simply got up from his chair, he won a victory in atheism, and he just left the room. But my brothers and sisters, we know how this story ends. But uh, what he didn't know, what the physician didn't know, that uh, was when you confront a child of God and a child of the king, talking about his God, his Lord, and his Savior, there's going to be a response. That is, that's the way that God works. God moves when he wants to move. God moves so fast that he can move before you know it. God moves before quick and in a hurry gets ready. God moves. So God, so God gave a revelation to the father and the father called the physician back in the room and the father said, well, doc, yeah, let me, uh, you asked me a question, so let me ask you something because you are a physician and everybody knows a physician works on pain every day. The father paused and then this, the father said, Doc, is pain real? The doctor said, well, yes. Uh, the father said, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen pain? The doctor said, well, no. The father said, have you ever tasted pain? The doctor said, no. The father said, have you ever smelled pain? The doctor said, no, and he was scratching his head. The father said, have you ever tasted pain? The doctor said, no. The father said, have you ever touched pain? 
The doctor said no, and he said, well, you heard scream, but you might have heard somebody in pain. But the father said, have you ever heard pain, really heard pain? The doctor said, well, no. Well, the, the Christian father said, well, doc, uh, that ought to tell you that pain ain't real. It's not real. The doctor thought, looked around, he jumped up out of the seat, said, no, 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 no. Yes, pain is real. And the father said, well, how do you know that pain is real? The doctor said, because every now and then, I can feel it. My brothers and sisters, the father said, well, I'm glad you asked this doc, because I, I just wanted you to know how I felt about God. I, I, I know that God is real, because every now and then, I can feel him moving at the altars of my heart, and he's inside of me, and he's in all over me. Then the third Bible-believing reason. If you can feel it, you can believe it. And if you can believe it, you ought to praise him right now. You ought to praise him in your homes. You ought to praise him in your driveway. You ought to praise him in your backyard. You ought to praise him in your kitchen. You ought to praise him in your restroom. You ought to praise him in your master bedroom. You ought to praise him right now. You ought to praise him. And I'm going to tell you why you ought to praise him. Tell you why you ought to praise him. Because my Bible says, if you look in the book, it says, I shall yet praise him for he is the help of my countenance and my God. Well, where in the world is God? Let me parenthetically tell us this morning that because God is a spirit, when it comes to our countenance, he puts a smile on our face. We might say, why, why, why? Because God is not just here and there. God is everywhere. Let me tell you where God is. God is where the angels bow at the feet of God and cry, holy, 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 God is where the sun blazes and where the stars twinkle. That's where God is. God is where the oceans roar and the and the, uh, the the waves leap. God is where the mountains rest on the rock, real rugged brows of the bosom of the floating clouds. God is where little hills and big trees grow together. God is where birds fly. God is where eagles soar. God is where prodigals sit in the home print. Dirty, hungry, lonely, alone, penniless, while the father's waiting back home, waiting for them to get home. Where in the world is God? Where is God? I'm going to tell you, God is where my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is where the, when the storms of life get to raging, stand by me. God is where when I call on him, he will come to my rescue. Where is God? God is where the wicked shall cease from traveling and the weary shall be at rest. God is where they that wait upon the Lord their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is everywhere. Where in the world is God? God is all in me and he's keeping me alive. He's in my words. He's in my prayer. He's in my soul. He's in my hands. He's in my feet. He's in my heart. He's in my mind. He's 
He's in my thoughts. He's in my life. He's in my spirit. He's in my body. He's in my soul. He's all over me. And he's keeping me alive. The doors of the church are open. There might be one in our audience this morning and our streaming that want to accept Christ. Uh, our phones are open and our lines are open. You can call 816-795-1842-043. Today is the day again. And we're asking that you come forward and accept Christ as your personal Savior. If there are one, two, or three, come today.